This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead, and this is the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today we have Stephen King on here. He's a lender with Easy Street Capital. He's done a few flips, and he has a few long-term buy and holds, even one Section 8 property. And he's going to tell us all about how he's helping real estate investors here in the Austin area with Easy Street Capital. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm good. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for uh, inviting me on here. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Really quick, could you tell our audience who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing? Yeah, definitely. So I'm a hard money lender at Easy Street Capital. Been kind of in the hard money realm for the last two years. And then as well, I do real estate investing on the side, do fix and flip, buy and hold, you know, kind of delving into a lot of the different sectors, house hacking, section eight, exactly. Just trying to get a whole broad of it. Um, in the near future. Yeah, you know, I, I really like to to house hack here in Austin because mm-hmm. the values of my properties go up so quickly and I can live for for cheap or free, which is really important for me because it is it's getting kind of pricey to live here. So I think we live yeah. in one of the best house hacking markets you're you'll ever find. Yeah, and um, to touch on that, I bought a new construction home 18 months ago here in Eastern Park in Southeast Austin. And then a month after I bought it, I got two spare rooms, rent out each unit nice. on Airbnb. And, mm-hmm. you know, the market's been really good on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Only rented out $75 a night and been able to make enough to um, mitigate the mortgage entirely for about 80% of the time. So I'm kind of living for free and mm-hmm. can build that, start stacking that equity that cash away for, you know, investment, which is, is awesome. I, I love house hacking. <laughs> yeah. As well. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, what you just talked about there, like living for cheap or free allows you to save so much more money to invest. And a lot of times people see, let's say a, a single family house hacker, a duplex house hack in Austin and say, Hey, well, this isn't the absolute best investment that I can make. And it's like, yeah, it is because you're going to save so much living in it and it's going to appreciate so much over time that you're going to be able to use that equity that you've saved and that you've grown in the home to go make a lot more investments. So that's that's one reason that I'm going to continue to buy primary residences, house hacks, that type of thing here in Austin, even when I'm buying properties in other areas that, that might look better on paper from a cash flow perspective, because in Austin, that's where I'm getting the money to be able to go buy those properties in other areas or to invest in other people's deals, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Stephen, mm-hmm. we, uh, we ask a really important question here on the podcast, probably the most important question you'll ever get asked in Austin. And that is what's your favorite restaurant in Austin? Yeah. So great question. So, uh, Denata Catina is my favorite restaurant. It's a Mexican place over in East Austin on Cesar Chavez, I believe. And they just opened up a little bit over a year ago. And mm-hmm. great margs, great food, just great, great environment. 
So mm-hmm. that's my favorite spot. Yeah, no, we have a, when it's warmer out, we have meetups over at Central Machine Works there across the street um, yep. twice a month, actually. So definitely uh, come to one of our meetups here on a Thursday when it's nice and warm outside and then travel across the street, yeah. grab some tacos and margaritas right after. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. So, Stephen, uh why Austin? So why did you move to Austin? Obviously, you know, we were talking before this episode, you're from uh, the Midwest, as am I. And, you know, you've been in Austin here for a couple of years. What drew you here? Yeah, great question. So I moved to Austin right out of college. And I actually mm-hmm. had my sister living here. And oh, she had cool. an open spot. So, you know, I can come in here, only pay 600 at the time for rent. And that was three and a half years ago. And I got a good job in finance um, because that's my major out of college and worked in the finance industry for a good two years and then made transition in the mortgage um, industry two years ago. So that awesome. kind of got me down here. The job I had some good connections already. And then I've been down here for almost four years and I love it. Like Austin's an amazing place, especially for I'm, you know, 25. Yeah. That's great. There's a lot of young professionals here, meet so many um, like-minded people in this mm-hmm. industry and it's just it's great yeah it's I an guess. amazing place yeah. to be if you're in your 20s or 30s or just in general it's an amazing place to be but it's just it's the spot to be if you're in your 20s yeah 100 so, yeah, yeah good spot to be what did you do in uh finance did you, you had a degree in finance you started working in finance and you moved over to mortgage lending what was that beginning job for you yeah that's right so i was a um, data analyst Mm-hmm. kind of role and I was account executive um, and it was corporate finance. So I was working at a broker dealer. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of paperwork, whatnot, and it was not fulfilling. So I kind of just wanted to have my own, you know, where I could be capable of making X, Y, Z in income. And that's mm-hmm. based on me. And mm-hmm. I think my, you know, the way I am on personality, et cetera, mm-hmm. correlates really closely to like a loan officer. And I made that switch a year and a half ago. Yep and got in mortgage industry and first worked my way up to becoming a loan officer. And now that I'm a LO, I love it. It's like, I get to help out investors every single day. And it's cause I'm an investor as well. So like, you know, if I see something that's wrong with a deal or maybe they should change it, you know, I can give them insight and mm-hmm. it's a nice relationship that I can bring to them and just make, makes me happy. I'll, I'm doing what I love. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. So we work with a ton of investors here at my team. Uh, we're all investors too. So, you know, it's fun. We get to do what we love every day. But, you know, you talked about something else there where it's the, having the unlimited potential. So having, you know, some sort of yeah. job that has no cap on it and it's just what you put into it. So I think that that's so important because people get, they feel like they're held back by their jobs with jobs like we have, you know, being a loan officer or realtor like I am, there is no cap. The cap is what you make yeah. it, you know. It's either in your head or in your actions, and that's your cap. So you can always do better. And the fun part about our jobs is we get to help people too. So not only can we always get better and we can always increase our income, but we do that by helping more people, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. So I love exactly. it. Yeah, really cool, man. Um, how did you get started in real estate investing, Stephen? What attracted you to real yeah. estate investing, and and 
what really made you take that first step? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Yeah, definitely. So it was about two and a half years ago when I was in my hometown and kind of just graduated from college. My mom was a realtor in my hometown. Oh, cool. And she kind of, I'm like, obviously, I want to do something that makes me money. And it's all, all these YouTube videos about, you know, oh, you know, house hacking or, you know, I could do section A. There's so many different avenues you can go into. And uh, long story short, I bought a property right after college. And me and my mom, she kind of helped me out a little bit. We went like 50-50 on a small deal. And mm-hmm. I was hands-on with the whole transaction and everything. Did the rehab myself, a lot of it. And if I wasn't able to do it, just hired a contractor to kind of see, like, just watch him, learn from him, see what I can do. And so that was a duplex. I actually bought it for 10K. Oh, wow. I had to pay all the back taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had to pay all the back taxes, which is about 9K because it's three years worth. Mm-hmm. And so I got it for a really good deal, probably like 20K under um, what the market was, and paid about 20 into it and sold it for 75K. So and that was within nine months. And I had to actually evict tenants that were in there. They weren't paying. So it was a, a lot of learning for the mm-hmm. first one. But that kind of got me going because I saw like all that work, you know, you got paid for it. You know, there was a reward to it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the process of it. And I'm a numbers guy. So now there's so much data out there that you can, you know, help with finding a property, using comps, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've been able to evolve it process and just get better and better. Like what's invest in, you know, what's going to make me a nice return on my investment. Yeah. You basically two extra money there in a, a year, <laughs> nine months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that gave me the capital to invest more and more and then kind of partner up with, um, you know, I have a partner in Kansas city, you know, 50, 50 split on the finance guy. He's operations and it's mm-hmm. a nice relationship. And now we're able to build a nice process and just, we did two projects this year. We're aiming to do about five to six next year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, and, and this is uh, flipping that you're talking about? Yep, flipping. Yeah, oh, exactly. Cool. So we're trying to get our portfolio big enough so we can get into the new construction realm. Oh, really? So you're looking to That's, build? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What exactly. type of homes are you looking to build or do you have that idea yet? Yeah, so, you know, the the modern look, um, kind of like here in Austin, obviously there's sure. new builds everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to drive around Austin, actually take pictures of like, wow, this concept is amazing. I like to use that in a different mm-hmm. market that's on the upcome. Because obviously, mm-hmm. as you know, Austin, the margins have been super thin or, you know, the numbers maybe don't work. You could always invest elsewhere where you have maybe a better, you know, con- connections in place, et cetera. So basically mm-hmm. just you know, modern, new build, right? I like the Scandinavian kind of look as well. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that's cool. Here, eventually, you'll have those same connections here in Austin. So there's a a lot of space to build. Like you're saying, you're driving around and finding all these really cool new build homes. The infill builds. So, you know, they're they're taking an old home off the lot or they're finding a vacant lot and they're putting a brand new Mm -hmm. home up there. Um, There's a lot of really exciting avenues to get that done. 
And I think we're going to see some really cool options with, you know, 3D printing, modular housing, that kind of stuff coming in, making that a lot more cost effective. Hopefully the city also plays ball and makes getting the yep. permits and just building a lot more cost effective too, because we need a lot of housing here in Austin. Population is yeah, growing sure. like crazy and everybody wants to be close to downtown. So what are you going to do? But yeah, exactly. More? I mean, it was a bidding war just nine months ago, right? Mm -hmm. And this blind demand's kind of getting better, right, for the buyer side. But still, if we have interest rates go back down, it's going to be, uh, you know, a war once again, and can be even more competitive, I think, than the last year. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, you know, interesting insight. So supply and demand—they talk about. We're in a buyer's market for over six months of inventory. We're still around three. We're at 3.1, 3.2 last time I looked. So we're about mm -hmm. halfway, which is way more than we were in the last two years. So we're, you know, 5X where we were the last two years, which is an extremely unhealthy market. I would say we're getting more into a healthy market. But just like you're staying there, Stephen, if interest rates plummet, which, you know, they will go back down here eventually. That's going to, everybody's going to be off to the races. Everybody's literally waiting yeah. to jump in when interest rates go back down. And if you can navigate yeah. it and make stuff happen now, you can get some great deals. Because if you're waiting until interest rates go back down, remember, so is everybody else. And then mm -hmm. you're going to be fighting for 10 buyers for every house again. That's sure not going to be any fun. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, you touched it perfectly. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see how it pans out because mm -hmm. obviously I'm in here. I We get to see it kind of on the daily, especially me as the lender, talk to investors. Mm -hmm. It's nice to see their perspective. And a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines right now because they, they just don't know. They're kind of, you know, no one knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Nobody ever knows what's going to happen, but you just do the best you can with the information you have. Um, Right. And and make the best decisions you can, but uh, yeah, awesome. So you know, Stephen, you've done you've done a few deals, you've done a few in a few different markets too. What's the biggest mistake you've made on a deal thus far? Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. Yeah, definitely. So I'll say the biggest mistake I've made is not getting an inspection on a wholesale property. Because mm. when you're buying it from a wholesale property, they might not tell you like the whole, you know, details of the property. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of taking the word for it. And if you don't have yep. a good relationship with them, you might misplace something and not account for that on your rehab budget. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of happened for me on our first deal in Kansas City. We bought it from a wholesaler. You know, he got his assignment and whatnot. Um, and, you know, we had to replace the new uh, HVAC and there was a water leak underneath the ground. So we had to, you know, dug six feet in to replace a whole water line. You know, that cost about six, seven, six, seven K. And it was a smaller project. So that kind of ate up our, um, you know, profit. We were yeah. looking to get, you know, 20 to 25 K 
on a small deal, but you know, ended up making 10 K. I mean, you know, we'll take it for sure. Cause you live, you learn, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's definitely a mistake. And I would recommend everyone to get an inspection on a property. It doesn't have to be so in depth because obviously we're doing fix and flips, you know, mm-hmm. the property's not going to be in perfect condition, but if you're aware of all the big ticket items, then that does, that sets yourself up for, you know, success for sure. So you weren't allowed to even take a contractor through? No, we did. So we had a contractor okay. go through, but since it was underground and mm. they didn't disclose that because you're buying it from a wholesaler, if it was, mm-hmm. um, you know, a listing agent that got yeah. it, they would have to disclose that. But a wholesaler, yeah. they, they don't have to disclose that information. And uh, so we figured that out, though, after we bought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. You know, wholesalers, they don't have any fiduciary duties to anybody. They, their duties yeah. are to watch out for themselves and make money for themselves. And they don't get in trouble if they don't disclose something because they're not real estate agents. So I think a lot, it's easy to forget that. And I haven't had any too terrible experiences, but we've definitely bought stuff where it's like, hey, maybe he didn't know or maybe she didn't know what was wrong here. So in your case, maybe they didn't know that was going on. Maybe they did. But yeah, if you would have had a chance to do a thorough inspection, it absolutely would have paid for itself. Um, I love to do sewer inspections, do sewer scans. Somebody runs a, a, a camera down a sewer pipe and that can save you so much money, you know, six, seven, eight grand. If you find that break, sometimes a lot more, you know, so that $300 sewer scan might save you 10 grand. Totally worth it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'll use that definitely in the future because you're right, yeah. especially here in Austin. Um, yeah. where the cost of items are a lot more <laughs> to fix yeah. than in the midwest as you know oh yeah even you know even in san antonio you're getting similar work done here it's more expensive because people just know they can charge more so and there's just more demand mm-hmm. for work here too so yeah definitely uh that's great advice you know make sure you get an inspection make sure you do thorough inspections on all properties and you'll make so much money just by doing that inspection. Really cool stuff. Um, Steven, if you had to start over today, is there anything you would do differently, whether it's from like a career standpoint or an investing standpoint? Yeah. So I don't think I would do anything differently, um, to be honest, because I think you have to, uh, you you know what you don't know. I think I'm saying that right. But, you know, you kind of got to get your hands dirty and see it yourself. Mm -hmm. I do so. You know, I'd rather just jump into a project. If I make mistakes, I'll learn from it instead mm-hmm. of, you know, waiting on the sidelines and waiting for the right time, perfect market, et cetera. Yeah. You know, that might not happen. Um, yeah. So I don't think, because I got in early, you know, I bought my first property when I was 22 and right after oh, college cool. and I had the finances saved up being mm-hmm. a waiter for, you know, two years in the summer. So I had money saved up and just, you know, kind of just did it and it worked out. and now you know, two, two, three years later, I'm super happy I got into it because now I know so much more information. And there's so much more data out there that mm-hmm. I can, you know, use for the next deal. And you just learn overall, obviously, you know, you don't know any, you know, you don't know everything, but you're, you're going to get better and better mm-hmm. if you do it more and more, just like, you know, anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it too. You're going to get, you're going to get better the more often you do it. And uh, something you hear all the time is that your first deal is the hardest. 
And I think you mm-hmm. did a really cool thing. You got started when you were 22. You're like, hey, I don't have anything to lose. I got this money from working as a waiter yeah. these last couple summers. And now you've got all this experience because you you did that first deal, which is by far your hardest deal. And then you just kept going. Like, are you 24, 25 now, Stephen? Yeah, I'm 25 now. Mm-hmm. So imagine with the experience you already have, and with the momentum you've got going where you could be by my age, 34, 35, you know, it's just yeah. amazing. You've got time on your side and yeah, you know, so it sounds like, yeah, you wouldn't do anything different, but I think that's a good lesson <laughs> yeah. for everybody out there. Just get out there and do something, you know, you might not do yeah. the most perfect right thing. You know, your inspection you talked about. You're like, yeah, I probably should have gotten an inspection on this place or gotten a sewer inspection. That's fine. You still got out alive and you know now for next time. Exactly. Yeah. Smart. Um, so Steven, you know, obviously you're doing some flips, you're doing some rentals. What's next for you? What are your long-term goals and what's your vision for real estate for you? Yeah. So my long-term goal is definitely to grow my um, business, my fix and flip business in Kansas City. I think we got a really thing going there. Um, we're we're building nice capital to do all these projects to be rehabbed. Mm-hmm. Then I'm trying to build a portfolio in Kansas City. So maybe two or three more flips, and then we can get into the, the new construction realm. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal because I think once I get into new construction, I want to stay there for a while because I think the margins. Are good there's a lot of infield lots in kansas city mm. so you're able to buy the lot for you know a lot lower than you know here in austin so your margins you know could be greater depending on the build price etc so that's my main goal and then obviously i want to refinance those maybe new constructions and do airbnbs with those because if we're buying it in a good location we're adding so much value add to those properties mm-hmm. and then we could refinance them at 75 percent, maybe pull some tax out what we put into it for the lot mm-hmm. And just keep that money in there. And then we have a Airbnb and a new build. Like that's gonna appreciate over time, especially in a growing market like Kansas City. So that's my main goal, because I want to get about ten to fifteen thousand dollars in monthly cash flow for myself. So I want to yep. build a real estate portfolio because that's where kind of I've done the numbers and I'm like, that's where you can kind of be financial free, I think, with my kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So once I attain that, then I'm like, okay. Maybe take some time off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. Ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month of passive income, and nobody's gonna be mad about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to work, and yeah. you just got ten thousand dollars a month coming in. Pretty cool, right? Um, yeah. Do you have that's a favorite? A good, that's a goal. Yeah, that's a good goal. Do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to somebody, or maybe a favorite podcast? Definitely. So I recommend Bigger Pocket, Bigger mm-hmm. Pockets. Um, there are huge podcasts on Spotify, and I've I've been listening to them for about two years now since mm-hmm. I kind of got into investing. And they just have a lot. I mean, they have so so much information out there, and it's an easy listen if you're on the car, on the way to yeah. work, etc. And you know, because I reading takes so much time, and I just like uh, listening to it and comprehending it that way than reading a book. You got to try audiobooks, man. Lots of really great audiobooks out there. I know. Um, so if you if you have any, what do you recommend? 
I would say probably my favorite audiobooks are audiobooks where the author has read the book. Um, so Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, they do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. That that's an absolute like must listen. If you if you haven't read or haven't listened to Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, that book will change your life. And then the uh the follow-up, I can't remember his his most recent book that just came out is really good. And he doesn't read the whole thing, but he's he's in there talking to the the narrator all the time. And it's a really really good experience. So okay, perfect. Definitely check Added out David Goggins. Yeah. On Audible. Really good stuff. Okay. Bigger Pockets, though, is amazing. Um, great podcast, tons of podcasts, tons of content, tons of YouTube videos, awesome website, great forums. Like you can't ask for anything more for real estate. Yeah, and for free. <laughs> like all the information is free. So especially for like a beginner investor, they don't know where to start. You could watch so many different podcasts and I'll guide you in the right direction. If you want to get into wholesaling to raise capital to fund your next fix and flip, there's tons, tons of educational out there, which, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think existed. And now we obviously everything's evolved in and all the data out there is just, you know, you can just grab it, you know, mm-hmm. so quick. And they even have multiple different podcasts. I think they have the Rookie Podcast, the the Bigger Pockets News. They've got the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast. I think they still have the Bigger Pockets Business Podcast. Don't quote me on that. But uh, there's more than you will ever listen to in the next five years. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Stephen, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and, and follow you? Learn more about you. Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, I wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Yeah, definitely. So they can text me or call me on my direct line, which is 309-229-0429. And then they could also email me at stephenk at easyfreecap.com. So that's my company email. So if they want to have any questions about a deal or, you know, want my, um, you know, guidance or my thoughts on it, they can email me directly or text me. So I use my personal phone for work Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier. So if they send me a text, I'm going to get notified ASAP. Awesome. And do you have like Instagram or social media or anything like that? I do. So it's Steven with two E's and then King with two I's. The official Stephen King was taken by the author. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that will yeah. get in the way, won't it? So <laughs> that will. At yeah. Stephen with two E's and two I's on King? Yes. Okay. Maybe that's correct. I might have to double check that. We'll have that in the show notes for everybody, too. So, obviously, follow Stephen King at Stephen underscore King on instagram make sure it's the the double i and double e and not the original stephen king maybe follow him too make sure to follow me at jordan underscore moorhead on instagram and anywhere else social media you're looking um stephen so great to have you on here today definitely looking forward to seeing you here one of our next meetups once it gets warm out or come to the cold ones too they're just not at central machine works we're austin real estate investors on meetup 
but great to have you on. And I look forward to hearing about your further success. Hey, awesome, Jordan. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This was yeah. fun. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.